Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Welcome back to MASH Matters, the podcast celebrating the greatest television show of all time. I'm Ryan Patrick, and he is Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. He is Jeff Maxwell. He was Jeff Maxwell. He is going to be Jeff Maxwell. He is still Jeff Maxwell. I think he's Jeff Maxwell. <laughs> look in the mirror. I yeah, I don't know. I don't want to look in the mirror right now. Uh-uh. <laughs> you don't want me to look in the mirror right now. You know, we're all homebound. I guess we can say that. Yes. Who knows when people are going to be listening to this, but we are homebound. So I haven't had a haircut in a year, year and a half, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hair's sticking out different places. and <laughs> We're all going to look like Bigfoot walking back to the barbershop. <laughs> yeah. Hey, We have a big announcement at the end of this episode. Actually, we have a couple of big announcements, but one really big announcement at the end of this episode. And we have a special guest with us today, too, Rob Kelly from MASHCast. We're going to talk to him here in just a minute. But first, I want to make a correction. On the last episode of MASH Matters, we had a phone call come in, and I'm blanking right now on the gentleman's name who called, but he was asking, why isn't MASH on MeTV anymore? However, listeners started popping up on Facebook and Twitter after that episode dropped, telling us, no, actually, it's still on MeTV, and that is me not doing research. (laughs) (laughs) So I went and looked, and yet MASH is still on MeTV. It is still on the schedule. It's still on their website. However, I did look at some of the other networks that used to show MASH, and right now, as of this recording, it is not listed on Sundance TV's website. It is not listed on WGN America's website. I don't see them on the schedule on either of those networks. MASH is still listed on TV Land's website, but as of this recording, it's not currently on the schedule. So I'm wondering if the gentleman who called meant to say TV land instead of me TV. So MASH is still playing on me TV, but as of right now, not on Sundance, WG in America or TV land. But we have, uh, we have sent FBI agents out to those different networks <laughs> in order to uh, help change their minds, so to speak. We paid a guy 50 bucks. <laughs> To pay a visit to TV yeah. land. You know what I'm saying? They start with a knee and work <laughs> up. You can get in touch with us through Twitter, Facebook. You can also email us, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. You can listen to episodes right there on our website, too, which is mashmatterspodcast.com. And you can leave us a voicemail, 513-436-4077. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Uh, Jeff, this week, we actually received our first one-star review for Mash matters whoa how about that i knew the day would come as of this recording we have 128 five-star reviews one four-star review and one one-star review maybe they just can't count (laughs) they just get to one and go i don't know what happens after that maybe they got it backwards because number one is supposed to be you know first place number one maybe they thought a one-star review was so much better than a five-star review i'm sure that's it yes (laughs) Let's take that. Uh, if you're the person and you left a one-star review, we'd love to hear why you left the one-star. At least I would. Ryan will probably not want to know. I am really curious. Why did you leave the one-star review? Why didn't we get three more stars or five more stars or 12 more stars? 
What was that about? I'm just uh, interested in knowing. It would be uh, kind of fun to understand what that's about. Fun? Would it be fun? Well, maybe not. <laughs> fun may not be the word. That's not the word. So, yeah, I, I look at all these great reviews we've had over the years, and thank you to everybody who's left a five-star review. I look at all the five-star reviews, but the one that's going to keep me up at night is that one <laughs> one-star review. <laughs> But enough about us. Let's move on to our special interview with Rob Kelly from MASHcast. MASHcast is another podcast about MASH, a little bit different. We're going to talk about how his podcast is different from MASH Matters. But if you haven't yet listened to MASHcast, I encourage you to do that. You can also find that on all of your favorite podcast players. But it is really great to welcome Rob Kelly here to the podcast. And without any further ado, Rob Kelly. It's great to have you on MASH Matters. Oh, this is uh, this is just such a thrill. I can't, I've only talked to a handful of people that have actually worked on the show, so this is I, this is just not something that the kid, uh, the the, the nine year old me that watched the show would ever believe could happen. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it certainly is happening, and I'm glad you're here. It's so nice to talk to you, a fellow podcaster. I don't, I don't think I had ever dreamed that I would ever say, it's so nice to meet a fellow podcast. <laughs> that was not on my radar. No. Oh, there it is, radar. Okay. You know, Rob, uh, we do have a huge budget here. So we have a whole staff that we use to make these cute noises. Yeah. So... <laughs> You may hear these from time to time, just as a way the staff goes, come on, guys, stop it. <laughs> so, Rob, we uh, affectionately call your podcast MASHcast, our podcast-in-law, because you're part of the MASH podcast universe. Your podcast is a little bit different from ours. So if somebody asked you, what is MASHcast, how would you answer? It's an episode-by-episode episode celebration of the show. That's really what it is. I go through each episode one at a time with a different guest. And we just talk about what we like about the episodes, what's uh, what's notable, how it compares in the overall uh, arc and the history of the show. But that's really what it is. It's an, uh, since I don't have any you know firsthand experience with it, I can only talk about how I engaged with it as a child and how I engaged with it as an adult, which is through the episodes. The pilot episode is where you started with episode one, and you just basically break down the episode, tell stories about things that happened during the episode. Yeah, we talk about is there any historical stuff worth mentioning? I mean, we talk about how the characters fit into the general you know larger framework of the show. I mean, is there any little trivia about oh look. Look, Hawkeye's mentioned that sister that doesn't exist again, you know, and stuff like that. And also because I have seen every episode now so many, I mean, literally every episode hundreds of times, mm -hmm. I mean, undoubtedly that I can now dig into like the nitty gritty of stuff that I didn't necessarily notice. Uh, when I was watching it on syndication, you know, I can see, oh, look, this character in the background is doing this thing that I never noticed before. Oh, look, Hot Lips is making this face that I never noticed because she wasn't the one talking. <laughs> All this other kind of stuff. And it's 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 a granular view of the show. But I feel like this is a show that has been in my life since I was a child. And I feel it it rewards uh, reviewing and re-reviewing. I still find it to be relevant of to what's going on today. It's not just like, oh, remember the good old days when I enjoyed this TV show? To me, it's still a lot of the stories are still very relevant. And so to me, it's it's rewarding. And, you know, when I launched the show a couple of years ago, I, you know, on, on our, it's part of the Fine Water Podcast Network, I should mention. And, when, and you know, the, the guys and I, we just kind of do whatever shows we want. We don't really worry about, you know, is this going to have an audience? It's really to entertain ourselves. And so when I started the show, I was like, 
I don't think how many, that many people are going to be into this. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the show's been off the air for 35 years, and but I don't care. I love talking about MASH. It makes me happy. And, you know, I will say the the fans came out of the woodwork at that point because all of a sudden all these people were like, oh, I love the show. And it, it's people my age. It's people older than me. It's people drastically younger than me, mm-hmm. which I always find really interesting because I'm like, what does MASH mean to someone who was, say, not even born when the show went off the air? Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting is talking to lots of different people about this thing that looms so large in my consciousness. Well, a lot of the things you said there ring true with us. When we started this podcast, we didn't know what the reaction was going to be. We didn't know if people were going to want to listen or if they were going to find what we say interesting. But it is amazing that even, you know, how many years after the show went off the air, 35 years after, is that right? No, 25, 30. I'm bad with math. 37 37 years. 37 now, yeah. There we go, yeah. (laughs) Please sit down, sit down. Mm -hmm. 37 years after the show goes off the air that the fan base is still just as prevalent today as it was back then. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's been an, an amazing experience talking to a lot of different people. And, and I mean, I will say like, and this is a problem to have as a podcaster, like I only have 24 episodes per season to kind of give out to people. And there are people every year that are like, I'm like, sorry, there's no episodes left. We'll get, you know, we'll have to come back for season four. I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. And, and I will say it has given me uh, very specifically, it has given me in season two of the show, the opportunity to speak to Loretta Switch. She was a guest on the show, which was like, one of the great honors of my entire life. Again, the idea that I met Loretta many years ago at a, at a convention and the, just the idea when I was like nine, you know, when I sat and watched this show, if someone had said to the nine-year-old me, someday you will be friends with this person. You will be friends with Margaret Houlihan. That I'd be like, you might as well tell me I'm going to live on the moon. I mean, <laughs> there's no chance of that happening. So it's the fact that um, through the show, uh, I have been able to speak to some of the writers and I'm here now with, with Jeff. I mean, it's just, it's beyond my imagination as, as someone who just worshipped the show as a kid. So you were a, a big fan. You literally were nine years old when you started watching it? I don't remember. It was always on. Um, I'm, I was born in 1971, so I predate the show by a whole year. But I remember watching it, you know, in the original air date. I remember watching the last episode. I watched it when it aired on Monday nights. I remember that. And then I watched the reruns. Um, I lived in, um, well, I still do live in, in southern New Jersey. And so we're basically a suburb of Philadelphia. So we get the Philadelphia uh, syndication market. And the local channel ran MASH from 7 to 8 every night, five nights a week. And I never missed it. And then when we got to the point where we had a VCR, I started taping the episodes because I wanted to like, I just, you know, I have a, I have a nerd's approach to everything. You know what I mean? I, I can't just like something. I have to like document it and research it. And of course, pre-internet, that was pretty hard to do. I wrote school papers on MASH. That's how big a fan I was. Wow. Yeah. And I even have a sheet. I still have the sheet. It's in the inside cover of my Susie Coulter's Complete Book of MASH book, which is on my bookshelf just to my left here. Um, I made a list of every episode because, of course, she lists every episode. And I would cross it off as I got it recorded on VHS. So I, you know, and they ran them out of order. So I was like, oh, here's this. And there was always like five that I could never get. Uh-huh. There was always like five episodes that they never aired. I'm like, why can't, why won't they run Life with Father? This is driving me nuts. <laughs> well, Rob, 
what was it at at your age, at nine years old or what, whatever age you were, what was it that you think really captivated you and engaged you and sitting there watching this 26 minute or however many minutes it was on for that half hour? What was it that grabbed you and, and hooked you and totally engaged you so that you have these kinds of feelings and, and you're still talking about it? What do you think it was? Well, we've, we've I mean, other than my character, uh, what do you think it was? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I really do look at the show as a show about a, an army cook and then the ancillary characters. That's exactly what it was about. Yeah. Thank you for uh, saying that. <laughs> Did he become a pig farmer? I have to know. But uh, no, I mean, we've covered this on the show a little bit when I asked people about what appealed to them is that it is obviously a very anti-authority show. And when you're a kid, that's very appealing because you're you're constantly put upon by authority figures, whether it's your teachers or your parents or whatever. And here's here's Hawkeye and Trapper and BJ telling the authorities, you know, thumbing their noses at them, which is, is great. Um, I have always had a fascination with the past, especially uh, America in sort of the middle century, 1930s, 40s, 50s. And so there it was giving me a... Uh, a portal into a world that I didn't know about. I liked learning stuff. I love the references on MASH and that I never understood. And again, pre-internet, you couldn't look any of these things up, you know, and then I would learn it. Or I asked my parents, like, what's this? You know, who's this or whatever? And oh, it, okay, now I understand that joke. So it, part of it was that, and not to be, uh, I don't know, not to be too sappy about this, but like, I was always kind of a sensitive kid. I was never, I was a nerd. I was not a you know, a tough kid, a sports kid or anything like that. And the fact that this show was so open about that, it was okay to be thoughtful Mm -hmm. and sensitive and to care about things. And that directly appealed to me very much. And I, I mentioned this on, I used to have a MASH blog where I did episode reviews of every show. And I mentioned this in the post related to the final episode where the final scene of the final episode where Hawkeye and BJ are on the platform together, the chopper, platform. And they just straight up admit their love for one another. And that was pretty revelatory for a a kid my age to see, because that was considered, you know, like that's, you know, you're not, boys aren't supposed to talk like that. You know, they're Mm -hmm. not supposed to be open. And here it was, these two people who I worshiped. Um, BJ has always been my favorite character, but I, I, I kind of wanted to be Hawkeye in a lot of ways. Um, And, and I just, the fact that these two characters whom I admired so profoundly, would talk so openly about how they felt about one another really rang true to me. And it still does. And I, I find things now in older episodes that I might not have enjoyed when I was a kid to be incredibly powerful now that I'm an adult and I've had some more adult experiences. So you're uh, watching MASH and MASH's themes gave you as a as a person and as a young boy growing up permission to have certain feelings that you might not otherwise have experience. Is that a safe thing to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, these are people that, I mean, I, I can't say necessarily, I can't, you know, draw like an A to B to C line necessarily, but like, you know, radar, radar's love for animals. That's always been a thing in my life. And, you know, uh, that, that's been a, a dominant force in my life. I've been a vegetarian for 21 years now and I can't say, oh, it was because radar was a vegetarian, but, but nevertheless, I mean, it's like that care he had for animals of all kinds was something very important to me. And BJ's, um, except for that one episode, BJ's fidelity to his wife mm-hmm. uh, was was a very important thing to me. And, and Hawkeye's hatred of violence in all forms. I mean, I will say 
uh, between Hawkeye Pierce and Batman, my feelings about guns are completely from those two characters. Their, their, their utter dislike of guns is, is that something because I was like, I want to be like Batman. I want to be like Hawkeye. And these are these are how these guys feel about stuff. And it was incredibly important to me at, at a young age. Okay, I have a question then. This is kind of Dr. Philly, okay? Oh, boy. So do you think that you as a person were that person, that whatever it was that your parental activity and parental behavior gave you made you that sensitive young person who then MASH reinforced? Or do you think MASH actually had a part in creating that concept in your head of sensitivity and you know, give you a sense of going forward with that. And if you hadn't seen it, do you think you'd still be that kind of nice, sensitive person who doesn't want to shoot anybody? Wow. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it has to be, I think it, it's probably got to be like a 50, 50 thing. I think that um, I had to be receptive to MASH's messages. Um, It's kind of, I mean, it reminds me, like I think about like when I see things, there are like people who are very, very, like, I don't mean to get super heavy, but like when there are people that are like real heavy racists that like Star Trek, and I'm like, what show are you watching? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get what show they're seeing and they're, they're taking that message from it. And so I think if I was someone who was uh, maybe, maybe um, prone to uh, uh, bullying people, maybe MASH, I would just look at MASH as like, ah, that's a bunch of hogwash. I don't care about that. So I think I, I'm sure that's, I don't, you know, my parents did a great job with me and and I'm sure that um, I was receptive to those ideas, but I needed something to kind of give them form a little. And, and MASH was one of the early, early uh, things that, that really sort of focused it. And I was like, Oh, here, here are people espousing ideas on television that I really agree with. And these are people that I would want to associate with. These are people that I would want to be part of. I would want to be, I would be want to be part of a group that was run by Colonel Potter. Like I would want to, I would be proud of that. I would be that group of like, I I would want Colonel Potter to be proud of me to know I was a good, you know, whatever a corpsman or whatever I would have been, you know, I mean, it, it, it was, it also said it, it showed me characters uh, Frank Burns accepted that I would want to respect me. And that was, again, that was a big, big thing. So these characters and these people you watched, you trusted, you trusted them enough to help, uh, as you said, shape your behavior from that point on. It was there. Uh, my my own gut uh, tells me that you were a nice person to begin with. Um, probably. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Well, I hope so. But I hope so too. But because you were able to identify with these people, you respected them and you trusted them, it'll, it gave you enough trust in order to help shape that behavior and go forward and, and really anchor it in your, in your psyche probably. Um, yeah, this you know. is really turning into a therapy session. I'm going to have to yeah, owe you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, it's two hundred and fifty dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and also, I mean, not to get. To, I would not before we get too heavy. It was also incredibly funny. Oh yeah, yeah, and that. I yeah. mean, I've always just appreciated good comedy, and it just made Mash still makes me laugh. Yeah. One of the segments that I do in every single episode is I ask the guest, "What's your favorite line?" or favorite joke from the episode. And I always have one. And in fact, for a lot of episodes, I have to decide which one to pick because there's so many great lines. And then I end every episode with another favorite line. I mean, that's the other thing. It's just, I appreciate good comedy 
and MASH is just one of the greatest com- I would I would still argue I say in my intro it is the greatest TV series of all time and I stand by that declaration I do too I salute you <laughs> now Jeff I want to tell you if you think that I'm a fan my fandom pales in comparison to uh, Rob he uh, has <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge of the show yeah. and uh, I think that's one of the things that makes MASHcast Rob's uh, podcast so listenable is because if you're a fan of the show whether you are on the spectrum of being just an occasional fan yeah i watch that every now and then it's a good show to being someone who like uh, rob and myself who have seen every episode many 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 times <laughs> you're gonna find something in an episode of Mashcast that is going to connect with you and that's that's what i really enjoy about it yeah i can tell already it in fact rob has actually interested me in going out and seeing this show i may just watch a couple of episodes based on this conversation <laughs> i'll tell you a funny story related to my nerdery of this is uh, a couple of years ago, I befriended Elias Davis, of course, wrote for the show in the final seasons. And I interviewed him for my blog and he could not have been nicer. And then one day out of the blue, he said, Rob, I'm trying to find an episode that features a joke that I wrote about Studebakers. I don't remember what episode, do you? And I knew what episode he was talking about. It. And I, that was like one of my most proud moments that I was able to help a MASH writer figure out what episode featured a joke that he wrote. I was, I was, I was on Nerd Cloud 9 that day. <laughs> you must have been. Well, how exciting. So what year did you start the After MASH blog? Uh, boy, that would have been sometime in the, probably around 2011 or something like that. I, I had started doing a lot of blogs and uh, I just started writing recaps of the show and I feel a little still and I would talk about the cast and I would have like fun facts, you know, this actor appeared in this or whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I ran through the entire series and then I even covered Aftermash. I covered the radar pilot. Uh, I covered some of the TV advertising. I covered the merchandise. I have a um, Hot Lips action figure signed by Loretta Swit. It's like one of my most proud. I always joke with my girlfriend, in case of fire, that's the first thing I'm grabbing. <laughs> you grab the cat and I'll grab the, the Hot Lips action figure. Um, so I covered the merchandise. I covered all the ancillary material. And then I just, you know, there was nothing left to cover. You know, it was like, I'm done. There's literally nothing else. So then at that point, I kind of moved over into podcasting. And then after we had been, uh, we started our network in 2016 and we started really coming up with different shows. I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. So let's start it. And so now we're in the middle of season three. Yeah. And it's great. And you have friends that come on with you. It's not just you. You have a special guest star on every single episode. Yeah. Some of them are my friends. Some of them are people that I don't know. And they just reach out to me and they say, hey, I love MASH. I'd love to do the show. So I've had them on. So yeah, it's kind of a mix of people. Uh, like I said, I had Loretta Swit last year, which was just you know an amazing honor to speak to her. And and yeah, so it's it's kind of fun to talk to people who and it's funny, there are I have friends I didn't know they were that level of a fan. And then I have them on and all of a sudden they're able to do all the bells and whistles and talk about all the, the secret handshakes that MASH fans have. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a whole other thing that we have here, which is it's just so it's so fun to be able to speak to someone who nerds out on something the way you do. There are secret handshakes? <laughs> Metaphorically, Jeff, metaphorically. OK, thank you. I was nervous because I didn't know one. I what to do. <laughs> Help me. All right. So I have some MASH nerd questions for you. Oh, okay. All right. Basically this or that. I just want to know your thoughts on several topics. Uh, the first one, Trapper or BJ? BJ. Okay. Why? I mean, look, I like Trapper, uh, certainly, but I loved BJ's contrast to Hawkeye. I like that. And I will say it, it in a lot of ways, it boils down. I like... I like BJ's quiet decency and I like BJ's less in your face um, irreverence 
Hawkeye's irreverence, he can't help but be in your face with it. You know what I mean? Like he can't help himself. BJ is quieter. And I will say, I've always related to that. I've always felt like that I have been skeptical of authority figures and skeptical of power structures and all these things. And I feel like in my own way, I have rebelled against them as much as I can, as any, you know, nice suburban kid can really but in a quieter way. And I sort of appreciated how BJ is able to get his shots in without waving the flag a little. And I can even give you a specific scene that I'm thinking of. And it's the first episode with Colonel Potter, where he calls all the troops into his office. And he's he, he's reading off the names. He's like, you know, Major Houlihan. And she says, here, sir, or whatever. And when he gets to Hawkeye, Hawkeye goes, yo. And Potter just goes, keep your yo's to yourself. And he's, so like, right, they're already off on a bad foot right there. <laughs> but when he gets to BJ, BJ just goes, yes, sir. Yeah. And I kind of like, because it's like, okay, I knew that BJ is just as irreverent as Hawkeye, but he just doesn't feel the need to kind of like stick it in this guy's face right at the beginning. And I always sort of appreciated that. Uh, and again, I just loved his devotion to Peg, you know, like that was always a big thing. And I will say, I have, I've lived on the East Coast my entire life, but I hate cold weather and I've been stuck here my entire life and I have always dreamed of living in Marin County because that's where BJ was from. Someday I'm moving to Marin County. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, Frank or Charles? Oh, I mean, uh, Charles is a better character, but Frank is just so funny. And again, more of a contrast. So I guess I really got to go with Frank. All right. Blake or Potter? I love Henry Blake, but Colonel Potter is Colonel Potter. I think Colonel Potter is probably the show's finest creation. Uh, I Every time I've ever seen someone who kind of has an agenda with MASH dismiss it as, oh, it's all, you know, kind of liberal claptrap and it all just makes fun of the military. And I'm like, the show created Colonel Potter. You know, that's the show's creation. That's not that that wasn't a character they inherited from the movie. Mm -hmm. That was that was a creation of presumably, I guess, Jeff, you would, you know, Gene Reynolds and Larry Gelbart. And it's like you couldn't have a better example of a very smart yet kind military man than Colonel Potter. So to me, any show that has that character in its midst, you cannot just dismiss it as, oh, it just hates military people. No, it doesn't because it presents this one character as a guy you would want to admire. To be, Who would not want to be Colonel Potter? Who would not want to be respected the way Colonel Potter was respected? Mm -hmm. Okay. Laugh track or no laugh track? Oh, the show is better without the laugh track, but I grew up with the laugh track. And I, when I hear it without the laugh track now, it just feels weird. So I've just, I've just accepted it. I just, I, I just, I just grew up with like, okay, there's this weird bleacher full of people laughing at this. I don't know where they are. But <laughs> All right. And here's the most important question. Liver or fish? <laughs> I can't believe you said that to me. I can't. I can't. It's not possible. Ryan, we can't eat the same thing day after day. I had to go there. Do you have a, a preferred uh, way to watch the show? I mean, what, what kind of format? Or is there a certain time of day that you like to watch it? Wh when do you like to watch MASH? Uh, I, I have like, I think I would say triple dipped on MASH. And then I had it on VHS at one point. Now I have the DVD box set and I have it on uh, iTunes. 
Uh, I have it on iTunes and I have subscribed to Hulu. It's on Hulu. So I guess I've like quadruple dipped on, on MASH. <laughs> I tend to watch it on iTunes simply because it's ease of use. You know, it's just two clicks away and I can pull it up. I I will watch it in fits and starts. And then, of course, I rewatch every episode before I record the podcast because I take my notes and stuff. So that's kind of the way I do. I sit down and then th- at that point, I'm watching it very specifically to make notes. You know, like I notice, oh, look, this guy is this guy off in the background is dumping a bucket of water on another guy. Was that, I never noticed that before. Let me write that down. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, look what's going. Oh, look, in this episode, Igor appears to be a patient in the in the post-op. Right. What's that about? Check it out. Roy Goldman is built like a superhero. That's an amazing detail. So it's all that kind of stuff. He was built like a superhero, believe me. He was a bodybuilder from the ground up. Oh, is that what? Because we just got past that episode, and I was like, I can't believe that. I would want to be shirtless all the time if I was built like Roy. Goldman. Oh yeah, no, he used to work out with Arnold Schwarzenegger, so he was wow. truly, truly a bodybuilder. Oh, that's cool. Good for him. <laughs> he tried to show me how to how to uh, get a flat stomach. Of course, I never did. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but he tried to <laughs> show me exercise. By the way, Roy Goldman's one of the funniest human beings ever who was on the planet. He was the sweetest guy. Funny, 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 funny man. And I owe a great deal to him, actually, because he really helped me uh, in the very beginning of MASH. And it was actually responsible for creating the the, uh, name that I used, Igor, Uh, because he was he used to call me Igor on the set. And they wrote that in and boom, that was it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Had he not done that, that name would not have been there. I uh, I used to have a complete set of the MASH action figures from the early 80s. And if you bought the Jeep playset, it came with a sort of generic MASH action figure. There wasn't any specific character. And I had a couple of those. And when I, I gave all of them away to a friend whose young daughter is really into MASH and loves toys. And I had two of them. And I said, make sure to tell her that these sort of generic action figures are, are Roy and Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. That's good. <laughs> I appreciate that. There really should have been a mess tent play set, I, I have to say. I think there should have been. <laughs> I'm still working on the restaurant. <laughs> so you mentioned your girlfriend. Does she like MASH as well? She uh, she does. She didn't grow up with it the way I did, so I've been sort of playing it in, in bits and pieces. She certainly appreciates it as a cultural landmark as to whatever, because she's around the same age as, as I am. But no, she's not the mega fan that I am. But I mean, no, I don't hardly know anybody who is. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so has there been anything during the run of your podcast, MASHcast? Uh, I mean, what have you learned about your fandom and other people's fandom through the process of doing the podcast? Well, part of it is when I did start the show, I really was a little, I thought the show continued to be relevant, but I didn't know how many people might have agreed with me. And I thought, well, if the show just ends up being a, hey, wasn't this great podcast? That's fine, too. There are worse things than taking time out to celebrate something that was really wonderfully done. But I've, I've been happy to, to, to learn, again, to, to with when I speak to guests that are in their 20s, that it still speaks to people who, I mean, I had someone on the show a couple episodes ago who was, I think she's like 22 or 23. And I mean, you think about that, like to her, just the 1970s is as far away as like the Korean War was to me when I was a kid, you know, like it's that. And yet it still was relevant to her and spoke to her. And again, I think we, I have to say, I feel like that we are going through a period uh, in the world and especially in this country where we are kind of in a uh, kindness deficit. Mm -hmm. And um, I think MASH more than anything else really exemplified that, 
being kind and being caring about your fellow human beings does not denote weakness or uh, some sort of mushy headedness. You know, it, you can be strong and you can be smart and you can be good at your job, but you can also have room in your heart to care about the other creatures that you share the planet with. And again, not to get all Captain Planet or anything with the show, but I mean, I, I, I've seen it when I hear that reflected back from other guests, that means a lot to me because it's like, well, that's what I got out of it too. And uh, that's always just really, uh, it's a very rewarding thing to know that it's, it's a, I mean, there are other TV shows that I love that don't hold up very well, but it's, it's fine because it's just, it's a thing that I loved and that's good enough. But to know that in some ways MASH is still like a living, breathing document, even after 35 years of being off the air, to me, it, it says something about the people that did the show, but it also says to me something about the times we live in that this this thing still has a reach that, that far out. That's, a, that's pretty amazing. Well, what's stunning is that when this was going on in the first few years of the show, uh, I don't think anybody could have imagined that we would be having this conversation today in 2020 about MASH. We might have said, oh, yeah, I remember that show, but not in terms of the degree of impact it had on our lives and everybody's lives. So it was a stunning moment for me. I mean, I used to, you know, Ryan and I talk about it. He was a fan and I worked there. So for me, the perspective of MASH was different. I loved all the people and I loved the job. <laughs> I wanted to be there and I wanted to work as an actor. I wanted to be in show business. So for me, that's what I loved about it. I wasn't necessarily as engaged in the emotionalism of the different characters or even the stories. I got it. And it was part of what I was supposed to do as an actor. But I, I wasn't emotionally engaged by that as a watcher of the show. So I'm a little set apart from it because it was a job to me and that's what it was in my head and it kind of still is. I, as I say, I love the people and I love the activity, but not necessarily the emotionalism surrounding the, the stories and all the different characters. So it's fascinating to me to hear your passion for it. It was fascinating to hear uh, Ryan's passion for it. And now having done this podcast, it is a, it's a revelation for me to hear all of the people who, who continually come to us and leave messages and write emails about how, how important the show was to them. And I remember standing on the set uh, talking to Larry Gelbart once, and we were just talking and chatting, and it was all about, well, where are we going to eat and what are we going to do there? And we're going to go to lunch. And it was like anybody else who was working in any office, any conversation would be having. <laughs> and so to me, that's where I lived in terms of the show. And so it's really fun to hear, Rob, your your passion. It, it's really amazing. And I, I thank you for it. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that all the work that all, all of us did has created this passion for you and so many millions of people who watch it and, and share that thought with us. So Thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you. I mean, again, it's, it's, there's, I'm a big pop culture consumer. I watch tons of television, tons of movies and listen to music and all that. And obviously I produce a bunch of podcasts about lots of different things that I enjoy. I do ones on comic books. I do one on music. I do one on movies. I mean, I just have that sort of, again, that nerd, nerdery impulse to like discuss the things I like as opposed to just enjoying them. But I mean, I would say straight up that MASH is like one, if I had to boil down 
all the things that 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 have meant the most to me of of the entertainment that I have consumed. I would I could boil it down to basically like three things, and Mash is one of those things. That's how large it looms. I mean, I have said on the show, and we haven't gotten to it yet, but we will. Like, I think that not only is Mash the greatest TV series ever produced. I think that a couple of seasons of MASH are the greatest seasons of any show ever produced, period. Uh, you know, not, not just MASH's best seasons, anybody's best seasons. You know, I mean, I think that's how good it was. And, uh, and the fact that I've been able, again, I mentioned to interact even a little bit with some of the people, like I'm here talking to you and you mentioned Larry Gelbart. He left a comment on my blog once. And like the day that came in and it said, Larry Gelbart left a comment, I'm like, Wait, what? You know, like that, no, there must be some guy whose account is named Larry Gelbart. And then I was like, no, that's Larry Gelbart. Left a con- I, I, just the idea that he bothered to read what I wrote. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Again, my I couldn't wrap my head around. It. He was a very classy guy, very very classy guy. And I think that the reason Mash is, again is so impactful is because of him. Uh, certainly, without Gene Reynolds and Larry Gelbart, we would not know Mash as we know it today. Ever their combination of philosophies and behaviors and just who they were is really the thing that stirs everybody about Mash. I believe they were the heart and soul of it. So that's cool that Larry left a thing. He was, again, he was a very classy guy and very uh, willing to talk about MASH and willing to share things. He loved people who were trying to be writers and doing anything creative. So that's cool. Very cool. Yeah, it was It was on the episode, The Interview, and I, I, I just sort of made a rhetorical question about something that Alan Alda said. And I was like, did Alan Alda, blah, blah, blah. And Larry Gilbert answered my question. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I just, un- unbelievable. I, again, That's it's just, awesome. for again for for someone who grew up on the show. I literally laid on my parents' family room floor and watched the show. Just the idea that and 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 not to get too far afield, but um, I went to art school. I'm an art school graduate, and I went to art school to learn to do comic books. And I eventually I didn't end up doing that, but that was my impulse as a child. And when I got to art school, I started being able to interact with people that actually made comic books. That's a big thing for someone of my background because, I mean, you see these names in these books and they seem like like they're gods or something. You know, you're like, these aren't real people. I see these names, but these can't be real people. And it's the same thing with MASH credits. You know, when you see produced by Gene Reynolds, you're like, I, I don't even know what, I guess that's a person. I don't know. I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? And then, and then you interact with them even slightly and it's just, it's so revelatory and it just feels so powerful. And again, I feel that way right now. I just, I, I, I can't, it's hard for me to, to understand that I'm talking to Igor. <laughs> like it really is, you know, it's just, the, the smile on my face is huge right now. My wife says that all the time. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm talking to Igor. <laughs> well, Rob, this has been awesome. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk to us today on MASH Matters. And how can people find your podcast? How can people connect with you? Uh, MASH Cast is part of the Firewater Podcast Network. And you just go to firewaterpodcast.com and you'll see a, a tab there that says, shows and then there's icons for all of our shows and there's MASHcast right there. Uh, we're in the middle of season three. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and of course we have a Twitter feed which is at MASH477cast so you can uh, get a hold of me there. Like I said, I'm, I'm this has just been a real, real through ever since, you know, the guys started the show and we've been interacting back and forth. Uh, I've just, this is just a huge honor that I got to do this. So thank you guys. Thank you very much. And we certainly, everybody wants to thank you as well. <laughs>
Thank you, Rob Kelly and MASHcast for joining us here on MASH Matters. A couple of things he mentioned. You know, I think that uh, Rob and I are kind of kindred spirits because he talked about how he always had a fascination with the 30s and 40s and, and 50s in that era, and I did too. And something he talked about was how he used to use Susie Coulter's book, The Complete Book of MASH, and he would get all of the show titles out of there and then mark them off as he videotaped every episode. Mm-hmm. And I used to do the same thing Wow! <laughs> with that book. With that book. I actually went and highlighted in the book and then I would put a little number next to it and that number corresponded with a certain videotape. So I would look and see, oh, that is on videotape 17. And then I would go to videotape 17 and I would watch that particular episode. Wow. I had no idea that other people also used the Susie Coulter method for cataloging their episodes on VHS. Isn't that like the library system? Uh, the, uh, what is that? The, uh, the Dewey Decimal? Dewey Decimal system. System? Yeah. yeah, the Susie Coulter system. <laughs> the Coulter method. It sounds like some kind of method acting or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Coulter. Yeah. Uh, you're Stanislavski. I use the Coulter method myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was Dewey Decimal anyway? Did he ever run for office or what the heck was that about? <laughs> yeah, he defeated Truman. Don't he you remember? Did. Him? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Okay, so we told you at the beginning of this episode that we have a few special announcements. The first announcement is that our next episode is finally going to be the season four celebration. Finally, finally, finally. Finally. I'm sorry we waited another 18 episodes before we got to another season celebration, but we are going to celebrate season four in episode 39. So go to our Facebook page or on Twitter and tweet us what your favorite season four episodes are, and we will read some of those comments in the next episode. The next big announcement is... (laughs) So there's this website. It's called Cameo. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but Cameo is a really cool thing where you can get in touch with some of your favorite celebrities and singers and athletes and entertainers, and they make a special video greeting just for you. I actually did this with my wife's birthday this year. My wife is a big fan of the show Survivor. So I went and found some of the greatest survivors of all time, and I had them do some cameos, and then I put them all together in a montage video for my wife for her birthday, and she really enjoyed that. How cool. How cool. I'm a big fan of Survivor, too. Are you? Yeah, I've watched it since the very first episode. We have, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Rudy, the old guy, Rudy? Yeah, I love Rudy. I do it. I love her. Yeah, shut up. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to go there. No way. I love Rudy. Well, I guess we'll just start a Survivor podcast. Then. I like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to Cameo. It, it's a cool website, and there are several MASH cast members on Cameo now. Really? Including Loretta Swit mm-hmm. and Jamie Farr. Yes. And Anybody else? Oh, who else is on there? Um, I think. Um, oh. Yeah. Jeff Maxwell. Jeff Maxwell is on Cameo now? He is. Holy moly. I can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. So there's a whole MASH tribunal, a Tribeca, a try something. It's a trifecta. A trifecta. Right. There you go. Oh, it's a tri-tip. No, I don't remember. One of the tries. Well, it's true. It's true. Yeah. You can go to Cameo and you can get special personalized messages from Loretta, Jamie, and my good friend, Jeff Maxwell. 
well. Maybe not all together. We do it separately. No, not all together. And you no. can go there. It is kind of a cool thing. And I, I recently joined it. And uh, Loretta actually referred me to it. And I thought, well, hey, that looks like it's kind of fun. I've enjoyed it. I've been able to uh, do some videos for some really very nice people. And uh, they've been very, very nice and complimentary. You, you get rated. So I get a five-star review as opposed to a one-star. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of a fun thing. And I'm fascinated. I, had, I really didn't know about it until she told me. And then I looked at all the people. And there are a ton of people that you yeah. can ask for. I mean, it's really kind of cool. It is. Athletes, like you say, athletes, singers, artists, actors, comedians. Wow, it's really fun. So, you know, even if it's not me, and I wish it would be, it certainly should do me, but anybody, you know, you have a favorite actor or something, go there and uh, take advantage of it. It's really a fun website and a fun thing to do too. So, And we will put the link to that in our show notes for this episode. So that's one big announcement, but that's not the big announcement. Mm -mm. So we told you our next episode, episode 39, is going to be our season four celebration. The episode after that, episode 40, yeah. we have another big special guest here on MASH Matters. Jeff, would you do the honors? Our next special guest is none other than the aforementioned Jamie Farr. Yeah. Yeah. A great <laughs> interview coming up with Jamie Farr. Do not miss that one. He's a great guy. We had a great time. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful interview to listen to. He says a lot of stuff and it's so entertaining. He's just, he, he can't be anything other than entertaining. So yeah. it's a special, special day. Jamie Farr will be our special guest on episode 40 of MASH Matters. Yeah. And please let us know your favorite season four episodes on our Facebook page, on Twitter, or you can also email those to us at mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to Rob Kelly from MASHcast. Yeah. You can find the links to all his Twitter and the podcast there in the show notes as well at mashmatterspodcast.com. Rob Kelly, great interview. Thank you very much. What a great bunch of energy. Yes. <laughs> he is enthusiastic. I love it. He him. is. Great. Yeah. Great stuff. All right. Until next time. Yep. Here's looking up your old address. <laughs>